Well, I want to talk to you today about, a, a, about of course, my, one of my favorite topics, and that is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I've entitled our message today, Touched by a Manger. I'll explain that a little later. But I want to read to you uh, from Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read, this is not normal for me to read all these passages, but I'm going to read all the way through verse 40. So you follow along with me. Okay, and let's enjoy the, the story is not a, not a fairy tale, but the historical, uh, uh, story of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready? All right, follow along. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I want you to take note of this verse 7. And I want you to just hold it in your heart. It says this, she, fraught, she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before him and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for, <coughs> pardon me, all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called, everybody say it, Jesus. Let's all say it together, Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And now when the days of his, her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and of two pigeons. And behold, there was a man uh, in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, 
He took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his brother marveled, and pardon me, Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. You see, Simeon had a prophetic anointing in his life that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess in the, uh, the daughter of, uh, I think his name is Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in, in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. So when they had performed all these things according to the law of the Lord and they returned to Galilee to their own city Nazareth and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. May we embrace him. And Lord, may we be touched by a manger today as we recall and recount the glory of the coming of Jesus Christ to planet earth. And everybody said, Amen. This keynote verse that I wanted you to see, I want you to look at it again. It says she brought forth her firstborn son. How many of you know the firstborn? It, 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 you know, though all we love all our kids the same, right? Nathan, right? Laura, she's out there. They know we love them all the same. He kind of, yeah. But that firstborn has a special place, right? I mean, and they're all special. But here's Mary. She's giving birth to the firstborn son. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Now, when babies are born, this is even psychologically found to be true, but it's certainly parentally true. When little babies are born, what's the first thing everybody wants to do? Hold them, touch them, kiss them. Caress them. In fact, doctors know the importance of this. And if, if there's no issues, the, I, I, I've seen, uh, at least heard stories about this. The first thing the doctor does when the baby's born is just, I'll, I'll just chunk them up on mama and let mama have them. Hey, we got other things to tend to. Mama and baby need some time to bond together. And, and so everybody wants to touch the baby. Everybody wants to hug the baby. And, and, and that's just a parental thing that everybody wants to do. If, if you don't have that, we need to pray for you. In fact, uh, Friday was ties. Our firstborn son's birthday is six. And so, oh, we we're having fun. Everybody's having a big party. Well, uh, Gideon, uh, uh, he, he's the youngest, right? I guess, yeah, he's the youngest. He was a little overwhelmed by it and I jerked him up. He's not normally the lovey-dovey type, but he was a little overwhelmed by everything. I, I, I picked him up and he didn't leave my arms. He laid, I went over and just sat down. And for about an hour, Gideon slobbered all over me. I mean, just, just slobber. It was the sweetest slobber on planet Earth because I was getting to hold him 
and he was loving me and he felt at peace. I'm telling you, it's just natural. Everybody wants to touch their kids. They want to hold them. They want to caress them. Uh, and they're careful who else does. I mean, I, I'll never forget. Uh, uh, well, I, I don't have time to tell all the stories. But, uh, you know, sometimes there's a pecking order on who gets to hold babies first, right? Well, I, when Pastor Sam walks in, sometimes he gets in all up in everybody's business and messes up the pecking order. Because what does he want to do? I want to hold them babies. I want to touch them. I want to kiss them. I want to caress them. That's just natural. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Now, the big issue with God, God created us, right? His big issue was this. When he looked down upon humanity and because we were sinful, he could not touch us. Think about it. Because of sin, God couldn't touch his kids. How many of you parents, you would just have issues if you couldn't touch your kids? Are you with me? God had an issue. God is holy and humanity is so sinful, the two could no longer touch. Because God is holy and we are sinful. It's like oil and water. It does not mix. And so some theologians say for 4,000 years between when sin entered into humanity through Adam and Eve, for 4,000 years until the coming of the Christ, God could not touch his kids. In fact, if you think about the Old Testament, you remember how God manifest himself in the Old Testament? Uh, there was the temple, there was the Ark of the Covenant, there was the holy place, remember that? If you don't, you can look it up and read it, but there on the Ark of the, the Covenant, in the Holy of Holies, uh, it was covered by, in the temple, by, by the, the veil, the curtain. And one time a year, I believe, the priest could come in under, under direct, uh, very specific directions. If he came in uh, without having gone through all the purification process he could not stand in the presence of God in fact they tied a rope I guess a golden cord make it pretty you know on his on on his leg and they put bells on his on his uh, uh robe because if he didn't do it right he'd fall dead in the presence of God and if the little bells ever stopped ringing while he's in there they went oops a daisy what happened? And literally, they prepared for his potential demise. And, and if they wouldn't go in to get him, they'd pull him out with a rope. Now, that's true. So God could not interact with humanity for 4,000 years and put yourself in the heart of God. How many of you know God loves us all? He loves us. Now, ever since Adam's sin, God began to strategize and plan as any good parent would, how to be able to come back into a relationship with his children and touch them once again. And on that first Christmas morning, think about it. And here's what the Bible says. John chapter 1 says this, the Word was with God and the Word was God. Read it in John chapter 1, the first chapter. The Word, big W, was with God and the Word was God. And then it goes down, I believe, verse 14, it says, And the Word, big W, became flesh and did what? Dwelt among us. Now catch this. 
on that first Christmas morning when the Jesus that we all worship was born. And Mary took Him and touched Him. God and man began to come back in right relationship with one another. And God, can you see what God, can you imagine what God was doing on that first Christmas morning? And maybe you know, God has emotions. He, how many of you are creating the image of God? It's quiet in here. I'm going to get somewhere in a minute. Okay, you're creating the image of God. Do you have emotions? When your babies cry, what do you do? No, man, you cry. When you're, I can just see God in heaven on that first Christmas morning. How he had patiently waited and planned and strategized to be able to touch his kids once again through the coming of Jesus Christ. And on that first Christmas morning when Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, I want to tell you, God began the process through a manger. He, he began to touch the whole world with a manger. And you and I are here today because we've been touched by the manger. On that first Christmas morning when God began to reveal Himself again to us through the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, why did He do that? Because He loves His kids. Amen. Everybody say, He loves me. Turn around and tell somebody He loves us. And and so Jesus came and he began to touch the world. He touched uh, uh, Mary and Joseph and others as we read through the Christmas story. Why did he do that? Because he loves us unconditionally. He had been planning and strategizing how to be able to get back in context and touch his children once again. And so Christmas is all about, that first Christmas morning is all about God touching us. How many of you appreciate Christmas today? Oh my goodness. He loved us. In fact, John 3, 16, what does it say? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, everybody say whosoever, whosoever believeth on Him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. What did the angels tell the shepherds? This is for all people. Amen. And so God is coming back into relationship through Jesus Christ. God in the flesh, Jesus came and He began to touch us. He began to uh, change us. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates His love towards us. Even that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Interesting little insight. Remember, I told you about the temple and, and the Ark of the Covenant, and that's where the presence of God was. And in fact, uh, uh, one place in, in Scripture, they were moving the Ark to a different place, and they were moving it incorrectly. It was on a cart. It was not supposed to be on a cart. It was supposed to be carried by... There was protocol. There was ways to do it. And, and David was not following the instructions of how God said, take care of my presence. And, and, and they hit a bump in the road. How does this happen? They hit a bump. And I think it's his name was Yuza. Out of a sincere desire to help, he reached out to steady the cart, and when he touched the ark, he immediately died. Because sinful mankind cannot touch holy God. But Jesus came as the mediator between God and man. 
Did you know what happened when Christ died? When, you know, or, you know, th- you, th- you remember? I mean, there was darkness. And when he said it is finished, did you know as if an earthquake came and hit the area? Some people believe an actual earthquake came. And the Bible says the curtain or the veil in the temple was torn in two. That which separated holy God from unholy people was torn in two. What was God saying? Oh, now I'm opening the door where I can touch you and you can touch me once again. You see, God had a plan. And I'm so appreciative of that plan. And just as parents, we want to touch our kids. God wants to touch us. And when you look at the Gospels, this is what I love. Read the Gospels this year. Hey, we're about to start the new year. Some of you got some New Year's resolutions. Make some spiritual uh, changes in your life. Read the Bible. Embrace the Word of God. We talked about this Wednesday night. Hey, if you want to, if you want to have the favor of God on your life, how many of you want the favor of God on your life in 2015? Listen, you get the Word of God. God and begin to digest it and devour it and you'll begin to find the favor of God in your life and so just let the word of God make a huge difference in your life and when you read the gospels and you see Jesus in his ministry uh, for three three years what do you see him doing uh, all time all the time oh what's he doing he's touching people God in the flesh is touching people. And I can just see God in heaven going, oh, I'm so glad this is happening. I've been wanting to touch my kids for 4,000 years. And he's touching people. And people want to touch him. In fact, you remember the woman with the issue of blood. She'd spent all she had, all her life, she had an issue of blood. And she couldn't stop it. Doctors couldn't help her. And she said this, I know if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. I'll touch God. And she was. And Jesus said, woohoo, who touched me? He felt virtue come out of his life, out of his body, because someone touched him in faith. God has been desirous to touch us. He wants to touch us this morning. Amen. And he wants us to be touched. Now, let's look. I read the entire Christmas, or not all the Christmas story, but Luke chapter 2, 40 verses. I want to look at this cast of characters, this Christmas cast. What was it about them that put them in the place to be able to be touched by a manger? Because I believe we can learn from them. And if you want to experience the touch of God in your life and you want to touch God today and just build your relationship for this coming year and be able to have a have a Christmas moment with the Christ. Hey, well, let's follow with them. This first Christmas cast, of course, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds the, and Matthew two talks about or not. Matthew, yeah, Matthew chapter two talks about the wise men. We'll talk about them just for a moment. And then Simeon. Oh, what a great story about Simeon. He had a he had a prophecy from God that he would not see death till he had seen the consolation of Israel, the Lord's Christ. He had a prophetic word on, on it. And so he was able after eight days to hold the Lord of glory in his arms and touch God in human flesh. 
So what was it about them? Hey, was it just because God loved them? He loves everybody. And was it the luck of the draw? We learned last week. Did we talk about Mary last week? We learned last week that it wasn't just happenstance. It wasn't just rock, paper, scissors. God wasn't up in heaven going, who should I choose rock, paper, scissors? We, <coughs> we learned Wednesday night and Sunday that God favored Mary because of who she was and how she had positioned herself in a place to be used by God in such a dramatic way. So we know it wasn't that. What was it about this first Christmas cast that put them in a place? God certainly loved them, but how many of you know he loves everybody? In fact, we see how God chooses people. Mary and Joseph, they were no one special except they were special. The shepherds don't seem to be special except they were special. The wise men didn't come till later. We would think God had it all mixed up. See, God chooses people because all strata of people and he revealed, he, hey, if you're just a working man, God loves you just as much as the wise man. Are you with me? Say amen. And he wants to reveal himself to you and he wants to touch you. And this first group of people, this Christmas cast who were able to be touched by a manger, I believe they were touched by a manger because of some simple things that were operating in their lives. I want to give you three because you're going to need these. If you want to walk with the touch of God on your life and if you want to touch God in your life, we need to learn from them. The first one is this. What can we learn by that first Christmas cast of people who were touched by, by a manger? Number one, they all believed wholeheartedly. They were willing participants. They, hey, they believed, uh, uh, rightly and they positioned themselves through their faith. We looked at Mary. My, my Bible teaches me Mary was a woman of great faith. And in Luke chapter one, verse 38, when she got clarity about what was up with her world, she spoke to the angel Gabriel and she said this, be it unto me according to your word. Boom, there's faith. And we learned that she spent three months in an atmosphere of faith. Until what she knew in her heart began to show in her womb. And she began to see with her eyes what she knew in her heart was true. She believed the word of God wholeheartedly. How many of you know if you're humanity today and you, if you're, you're, you're humanity, you're just walking through life and you need the touch of God on your life. You know how you touch God? By faith. You know how you're born again? By faith. These shepherds were believers. They believed wholeheartedly. The angel came to them and said, listen, what happened today it, uh, over in town? It says the, uh, that, that God in the flesh, the Savior of the world has come. Good tidings for all the people. There's a Savior born who is Christ the Lord. And you know what they said? We better go see if he's saying it's true. No, they said, let's go see what has already happened. They had faith. They believed wholeheartedly. These shepherds were men of great faith. I don't know anything about them. We don't know their name, but we know what they heard they believed. Listen, there comes a time in life when you get the Word of God in your heart, you're just going to have to begin to believe and trust that what the Word of God says is true. And when you begin to trust the Word, in fact, what does it say in Scripture? If you want to be born again, Romans 10, you've got to hear it. You've got to believe it. And you've got to lean on it. And you'll be born again. This first Christmas cast. Believed wholeheartedly. I think of Simeon. In his faith. God gave him a promise. He stood on the promise. 
And when Jesus, the parents, Joseph and Mary came in, it was like a quickening. And the Bible says that Simeon was, was being led by the Spirit that day. And when that baby came in, he knew, boom, there he is. I'm beginning to see with my natural eyes what I was seeing with my spiritual eyes all along. Why was this first Christmas cast chosen by God to be touched by a manger on that first Christmas morning and that Christmas week and that beginning of the, of, of the life of, of God in the flesh through Jesus Christ? Why? Because they believed God in their life. Number two, they received Him gladly. Oh, you got to be receptive to what God has to do, has for you in your life. You got to be open to what God is doing. In fact, Mary was receptive when she said, be it unto me according to your word. She was saying, I'm receiving this into my life. And then when she got with her, her, uh, maybe her aunt, uh, Elizabeth there, uh, and you know, Elizabeth was pregnant for six months before, uh, when Mary got the word that she was, had been chosen by God to, to carry the Christ. And she went to Elizabeth's house, who's six months pregnant, and Elizabeth was in tune with what was going on in the spirit and then when she declared over Mary you're oh you're who am I to be able to have the mother of my Lord in my house and then Mary got so fired up she began to sing and sing the scripture it's called Mary's song and she said my soul magnifies the Lord I'm talking about a woman who was embracing all that God had said to her she believed wholeheartedly she received gladly these shepherds received Oh, the shepherds, let's go and see what this angel said. And you know what the shepherds did? They were so fired up about what they believed and then what they'd received. They began to tell everybody. They were the first evangelists. They began to go. How many of you know God will choose just a working man to do something dynamic? Amen. And, and, and they went and they told everybody. Everywhere they went, they became evangelists. They had received gladly the word of God in their life. And then the Wise men in Matthew 2. The Bible says they came to worship Him. And they gave gifts to Him. But the fact that they came to... They weren't just curiosity seekers. They came because they were excited about the prophetic fulfillment that people had been looking for for years and years and years. And they were receptive. And then we see Simeon. I read about Simeon. What's the first thing he did? He embraced the Christ. He received him gladly. Amen. If we're going to touch Christ, if we're going to touch God, if we're going to be touched by God, we've got to believe wholeheartedly. We've got to receive him gladly. And then number three, we've got to give sacrificially. Think about Mary. Think about her. Everybody say, okay. The angel comes and says, you're going to conceive of the Holy Ghost. Did you know when she said, be it unto me according to your word, she gave up everything? Because to be a woman with, who is pregnant without a husband or without uh, being married is not a good thing. And when Mary said, be it unto me according to your word, she sacrificially gave up the potentiality of having a husband who would love her and care for her. She gave up her reputation in the community because she knew when people began to see that I'm great with child and there's been no wedding. My reputation is shot. 
Her community would ostracize her. Her family would ostracize her. Now, we know nothing about her family, but I got a feeling there all was not well in her family because the first thing she did when she got the word of the Lord, she didn't stay home. She went into the, as we've talked about, into an atmosphere of faith with Zach and Liz who had already experienced the miracle of God in their life. Mary was willing to give it all up. She gave sacrificially. I believe that's why God chose her. One of the reasons God chose her to be a, the first in 4,000 years to be able to touch God again. She gave all she had. And then the wise men, they came to worship. But what they bring? They bring gifts. They were offering sacrifice. And giving to the Lord of glory. And so this morning, as we look to these three simple thoughts, some of you may be here and you may say, well, I've never been touched by God. I've never experienced the touch of God on my life. You can be touched by the manger today. The same way they positioned themselves and, and participated in this return of God to, to, to mankind and the beginning of right relationship between God and man. You can choose to believe what I'm telling you today. You can embrace it gladly and you can begin to give your life sacrificially to God. And guess what will happen today? You'll be touched by the manger. Amen. Now, here's what I believe about that first Christmas morning. That first Christmas morning was all about God touching man. God had missed us. He'd been craving the desire to be able to touch his kids again. And his plan to bring God and man back into relationship with one another began on that first Christmas morning. But here's what I believe about this Christmas and about all the other Christmases that we may be able to celebrate together. Those are all about us touching Him. The first one was about God touching man. All the rest should be about us touching God and reaching out to Him and responding with love. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This morning in worship, little Josiah was standing there. Oh, pardon me, little Gideon. And he looked up at me, and I was thinking about Friday. And I looked down to him, and he went, picked him up. Listen, it's all about us. Hey, all we got to do, you want to touch him? Yeah, my. And today, because of the mediator, Jesus Christ, you know what the Bible says? Remember that holy God 
who if you touched him, you'd die. Hebrews now says we can come boldly into the throne room of grace that we might find mercy and grace to help us in time of need. Remember what got torn? The, ta- the, t- the, the tapestry was torn. The veil was rent. We can come right into his presence and touch him. And so this morning, as we close out this service, I think what God, I think what, what any good parent would want. would be able to touch us and have a relationship with us. Let's stand up this morning. Stand together. And as little children, let us come before Him. Lift our hands to Him. Reach out in faith. Gladly receive Him. Reach out and touch Him. And allow the manger to touch you again today. Father, this morning we come before You. And if there's any sin in our life that has kept us from relationship with You, we ask You to cleanse it. We ask You to help us today. We ask you, Lord God, to give us a grace in our life to stay in right relationship with you. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, you've never been touched by a manger. You've never given your life to Christ and believed him and trusted him. You can do so today. You can be touched by the manger. You can be touched by the Lord of glory. All it takes is faith. And the Bible says He's given us all a little bit of faith. Just given us enough to be born again and begin to serve Him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I do want to get you in touch with the Lord of glory who wants to touch you today. If you're here today and you've never really given your life to Christ and you could say, Pastor, today on this Christmas, Sunday morning Christmas service, I would love the opportunity to just allow Him to touch me. Me be able to touch Him. If that's you today and you can say, I've never really given that, Him that opportunity. And today, I want to allow Him into my life and have free reign in my life to touch me and to help me and to heal me and forgive me. If that's you, wherever you are, just lift your hand and just show it to me. And I'll pray for you today. I see that hand. Anybody else, lift your hand and say, that's me. I see that hand, sir. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else, say, I just want to know for sure that He has capacity and liberty and freedom to touch me today. Anybody else? In just a moment, we're going to pray. And if you lifted your hand, I want you to pray with us. We're all going to pray together. The Bible says if we just trust Him and believe Him, believe that God, that He came to this world and lived a sinless life and He died on a cross as a sinless Savior, as the sacrificial lamb and then three days later he rose as the great shepherd of the sheep to give me life you just have to believe that message of the gospel that he paid for our sin with his blood 
And that's how God and man can come back into relationship with one another. Because of the atoning, forgiving, cleansing work of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. If you lifted your hand, I'm going to ask you to pray this with me out loud. Everyone's going to pray together. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this from the sincerity of your heart to God. Let's all pray out loud together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and touching me today. Thank you that you were born as a babe. You laid your life on the altar for me. You died for my sin. I believe that today. I thank you for your blood that was shed for me. That paid the price for my sinful nature. And I thank you, Lord, that you rose again on the third day so I could have new life. I receive you today. I believe you. I receive you. And I give my life to you. Be the Lord and the leader of my life. I invite you in to my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, you lifted your hand, you prayed that, that prayer with me, let me tell you something. Your faith just went into action. And you know what happened? Just like when Mary said, be it unto me according to your word, and she was supernaturally endowed of the Holy Ghost and conceived by the Holy Ghost, today your faith and your prayer of faith has, has caused you to be born again into the family of God and now you can come boldly into the throne room of grace you can touch God by faith you are now his child let's give the Lord of glory some great big praise today hallelujah thank you Lord and so we welcome you into the family of God and I want to encourage you just to begin to trust him in fact at the close of this service my wife's going to be down here and she's got something she wants to give you if you prayed that prayer with me she's got something that'll help you it's just some steps to keep you moving forward in your walk with God you, you see you know what Jesus did when he was born you know what he did it says he grew somebody say he grew he didn't stay a baby. He began to grow in grace and the nurture of God in his life. That's what God wants to do in you. If you lifted your hand, that's what God wants to do in your life. And we'll help you do that today. I think we ought to give the Lord a little more praise and just thank him for all he's done for us. Woo! Hallelujah.